Nope. It was summertime, and for me, that meant three whole months with my father on the farm, helping him tend to the chickens, the gardens, and all the other work. My parents were divorced, so during the school semester, I would go live with my mom in the city. But during the summertime, when school would be let out, I would go visit my father on his farm, three hours away from my mom. Truth is, I didn't mind it much. I liked doing meaningful work on the farm, and hoped to have my own one day. There were some neighbors around, though not much. Sometimes my friend Davidson, a boy about three years older than me, would come over and help us, and then we would spend what time we had left playing some card games or drinking. We were underage, but all the way out here, that doesn't matter much. Our farm was not big, but my father was the master of making the most with the least. A garden growing all sorts of vegetables and starches, and in the center of the farm was a scarecrow. I always asked my father about it. He just told me that it was in our family for generations, almost 120 years. That thing belongs in a museum, I would say jokingly to my father, and he would laugh and reply, So do I, son. Now, let's get those goats tended to. Normally, a scarecrow wouldn't bring much attention, but something seemed different about this one. Other scarecrows are made of straw and wore farmer attire. But this one, this one wore a black cloak and was made out of dark wood branches. I put it out of my mind and did my chores around the farm. Life was pretty mundane. Coffee in the morning, water throughout the day, and a bit of moonshine at night after a long day's work. Life continued to be this way throughout June, until the very end of the month. My father and I walked outside to the farm and noticed the fog was heavier than usual. We walked out to the middle, only to find that three of our chickens had made their way out of the pen and died around the scarecrow. I thought it was strange that all of them had died in the exact same place. My father was not so shocked, though. Our chickens were pretty old, after all. We cleaned up the chickens and then went about our normal routine. In the middle of the workday, my father told me I could take the rest of the day off to hang out with Davidson while he went into town to get more chickens and more coffee. I didn't argue. I finished milking the goats and then took my deck of poker cards over to Davidson's to play. He welcomed me inside while his mother was baking a cherry pie in the oven, which smelled delicious. Hey man, glad we can hang out today. Why did your father let you off early? I told him about the chickens. Damn man, that's pretty crazy. Your father should be careful going into town. They say there's a murderer out there. Killed two women just last week 
his mother spoke up from behind him. Now, Dave, don't go scaring people like that. Stuff like that doesn't happen around here. Our homes were a good hour away from town, so we only ever went there if we really needed something. And the idea of somebody driving an hour to some old farms just to kill people seemed crazy to me. Davidson and I finished our third round of poker when my father came back. All right, man, I gotta go help my dad. See you tomorrow. I walked out the door. As I walked to my father, he handed me a box of small baby chicks. Here, put these in the empty pan, he said as he grabbed the coffee from the back seat. That night, I went to bed earlier than usual. The hard work, plus the alcohol I stepped on at Davidson's, really hit me. I woke up at about 3.15 to the sound of music. I made my way out of bed and went downstairs silently so as not to wake my father. When I reached the back door and opened it, the fog had already began to set in. And on the other side of it, I swear I saw someone or something. On the bench we kept next to the garden, the one we sit down on to take our breaks and gaze at the sunset, was a man. He seemed to be wearing a black cloak with a black hat and was playing a banjo in its deepest keys. The melody was a bit haunting, yet listening to it gave a nostalgic feeling. The fog got deeper and I went back inside. When I did, my father was waiting on me. What are you doing out of bed? He asked inquisitively. There's a man outside on the bench. At that, my father raced outside. The fog had now dissipated into a thin veil. Sure enough, there was no man on the seat. You probably just had a bad dream, son. Go back to bed. I obeyed his order and marched upstairs kind of relieved that there was no one there. The next morning, we woke up and went outside. Once again, there was fog. The fog did not grab our attention as much as the scarecrow did. It now had the body of a goat next to it. My father walked over to it and looked at it with a bit of pity. He then turned his gaze to the scarecrow, and noticed something neither of us had seen when we first came out. The scythe we used to cut the tall weeds and overgrowth made its way out of the locked shed and next to the scarecrow. As if that wasn't bad enough, the scythe was also now covered in blood. My dad took the scythe and put it back in the shed, and then we disposed of the goat. On account of the rain and thunder, we didn't have much to do around the farm except feed the animals and spend the day listening to the radio or watching a few videos my dad had for his old TV. The whole day, I couldn't stop thinking about that goat, 
the scarecrow, or the man I had seen the night prior. The next few weeks were not eventful. It was life on the farm as normal for me, and summer was coming to an end. But the end of August, my last week there, still puzzles me to this day. I had woken up before my dad and turned on the radio to one of the only two stations we got. The news came in over the static. More reported murders. The voice was in and out because of the static, but I knew it was talking about the unsolved serial killer case over in town. My dad finally woke up. We threw back some coffee and looked out of the window to once again see thick fog. Right away, I wondered if anything would be dead next to the scarecrow. My dad and I walked outside, and what we found disturbed me. It was a dead human. I didn't know the man, but I looked at my dad, who seemed completely unfazed by what he was looking at. Son, go tend to the animals and harvest the kale. I'll take care of this. Once again, my dad picked up the scythe, which had made its way back to the scarecrow, who I now believed was responsible for all of this. He put the scythe back in the shed and grabbed a shovel in order to bury the body. After a long day of going about my chores, I walked inside, took a small drink, and ate some apple pie before going to bed. That night, I woke up again at 3.15 to the sound of a banjo being played outside. This time, I stayed in bed, afraid that my father would give me some choice words for disobeying him again. I sat there and listened to the song until it slowly faded away into silence. That's when I fell asleep. The next four days were uneventful, but when I woke up on my last day at the farm, I went outside. My dad was already there, standing where the scarecrow used to be. The shed was open, and the scythe was completely gone. I asked my dad what happened, and he gave me a direct, yet very vague, response. The collector has gone out for his autumn harvest, but he'll be back next spring. I went back inside, poured some coffee, and turned on the radio. They were discussing the murders, and I knew right then that they were only about to get worse. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Nope Too Creepy Podcast. If you want to learn more about the author of this story, just check the show notes and you'll find all the necessary links. If I haven't earned it already, I hope this is the week you choose to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Until next time, everybody, this is Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode.